Welcome to Refresh. This is Pastor Kim Robinson. It's my desire that you listen, that you could experience blessed faith and creative life with this Kicks Ministries and Victory Harvest Church podcast. Hi, this is Pastor Kim with the Refresh podcast. This week's title is Abide in His Word. You know, as we look at abiding in the Word, we need to look at abiding in the teachings of Jesus. His Word are His teachings. The teachings of Jesus are His Word. The scripture in Mark 4, 2 I want to look at is, And He taught them many things by parables, and said unto them in His doctrine. The doctrine of Jesus is His Word. You know, we are to follow His teachings. We're to follow His doctrine. We're to preach His teaching. We're to preach His Word. His word is alive and living and powerful, and he is the word made flesh. And his word is made flesh into your life. That means as you have faith and embrace the word of God, embrace the teachings of Jesus, those teachings, those promises, those blessings will manifest in your natural. It's his super on our natural. You know, Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. Everything that was promised from Genesis to Revelation was fulfilled in and by and through him. And the spirit of prophecy is working in your life through his word as you embrace Jesus and embrace by faith what he has said and what he's promised. You know, he said something in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and it is brought forth and all of those Gospels bear witness of his doctrine, of his word, of his teachings. And, you know, as we read these teachings and as we read his word, we see signs and wonders followed him. His word always has signs and wonders following. And those signs and wonders manifest in our natural. The word became flesh. The word becomes flesh to us. His word, his life, his blessing becomes the blessing in our lives. You know, his teaching is life and life and direction. He has endowed us through his teachings with life and life and direction. You know, why did he speak in parables? Well, he spoke in parables so that seekers could find. He said, seek and you shall find. Knock and the door shall be opened to you. You know, and as you go forth and seek, you will find all the treasures of his word. You know, he also spoke in parables to keep judgment from the lost because those that hear are judged. And as those who seek find, then those who haven't heard or understood, they're protected so that they can come to a place where they turn to seek him. They turn to embrace him and they receive him as their Lord and Savior. You know, the teachings of Jesus Christ are found in Mark chapter 4. This chapter is a chapter that reveals his doctrine. It reveals his teaching. It's the parable of the sower. In Mark 4, 1 through 2, it says, Again, he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. He began to teach him. He began to speak in parables. And those who hungered and thirst after his word, after what he was saying, after who he was, began to embrace by faith what he was saying and signs and wonders followed them. You know, in verse one, we're seeing that he taught by the sea. And we see that there was a great multitude. And we see that he entered into a ship by the sea. 
And we see that there was a, this great multitude was on the land. Well, what is a point here? A point where Jesus was on the sea and that the people were on the land. Well, see, Jesus is always in movement. He is the living water. He's always bringing the sea of souls to himself. And he's always putting us on solid ground. And in verse 2, it says, He taught many things and said unto them in his doctrine. See, there's a doctrine of Jesus, the Son of God. His word is his doctrine. And he wants us to follow it. He wants us to embrace his word. He wants us to believe him at his word. You know, it says, you know, here that people heard. You know, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And he, in this parable of the sower, he talks about those who hear, who receive. Well, see, we're endowed with hearing. As we seek after him, he says we can listen. And he says, listen, we have been endowed. He said, hearken to my word. You know, we have been endowed with that ability to hear. And again, faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. You know, how do you embrace him and hear him? It's by his word. And how does faith grow? It comes by hearing. So set your life in motion to hear. Set your life in motion to listen. Jesus said, listen, hearken to his word, listen, hearken to him to hear, hear the teachings of Jesus, hear the word of God. You know, the word hearken and listen is the word ekuo in Greek. It means to be endowed with the faculty of hearing, that you're not deaf, that you can hear him. So we are endowed with that ability, according to his word hearken. He is endowing us. When he speaks, hearken, he's endowing us to do that. And this word also means to attend to and consider what is or has been said. So what has been said, what is saying, and what will be said, he's saying that you have the ability to hearken, to attend to it, and to consider it. And this word, again, ekuo, has within its definition to understand and to perceive the sense of what is said. So he's given us the ability to understand and to perceive all his word embraces and that he is taught. And it says you perceive by ear what's announced in your presence. He's announced his word in your presence. When you open the word of God, he's announcing himself to you. His presence is there. He is bringing forth his presence through his word in your life. And he's outpouring his presence upon your life so that you can embrace him in his word. And as you embrace listening and hearkening to him, it says again in this Greek definition, it comes to one's ears to find out and to learn. And it goes on to say, you, it, you can give ear to a teaching or a teacher. So you are receiving him as the teacher. Many called him teacher because they wanted to listen. And you have ears to find out. And the Holy Spirit is our teacher. He pours out revelation in our lives. And this word, lastly, in this definition, has within it to comprehend. You can comprehend and you can understand. See, we have faith to hear. And we have faith to use our faith to hear, hearing the word of God. He's the author and the finisher of our faith because his word has authored it. He begins to teach us his teachings. He begins to outpour his word in our lives that, you know, he sows his word and he brings forth the growth. He is the sower. And in this teaching here where the sower goes out to sow the word, he is pouring out 
his word in our lives, teaching us. And as he brings forth the word of God, as we embrace it and let his word be planted in our hearts, a heart that seeks, a heart that receives, a heart that desires what he's saying and goes after him, it says that we will have 30, 60, 100 fold return. You know, in verse nine, it says this, and he said unto them, he that has ears, let him hear. You know, we can see and hear and we can experience what he's saying and let them. That means we can come forth and we can experience his impartation, his supernatural to hear and to receive. You know, as we look at parables and he talks about seeing and hearing, we can see that in these verses there are some specific things in a few words that in the Greek, we can find some really interesting points. The word his is the word autos. It means himself. It means themselves, the father, the son, the Holy Spirit. And he is bringing forth his word. The word doctrine is didaka. It's his teaching. It's what he's taught. It's the act of teaching and instruction. It's to speak the way of teaching his way as he brings forth his word. And this doctrine is taught as we bring, come forth in worship. And we have to remember it is the teachings of Jesus. It's the word of God. And the word parables is the word porabole. It means a place of one thing, putting it beside another, placing it beside another, like ships in a battle going side by side. He's placing a picture and, you know, in this definition, it talks about comparing and comparison of one thing like unto another, a likeness, an example. You know, he's comparing something to something. He's bringing out a revelation to you in an expression that you could hear and see as you hunger and thirst and go after him. You know, in Matthew 15, 9, it says this, but in vain, they do worship me, teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. So here he's saying, vanity is where you are teaching the doctrines of men rather than the doctrines of Jesus Christ. Vain worship are teachings outside of his word. And these are teachings of doctrines and things that men have designed. And the Pharisees and Sadducees did that so often. They always added to or took from. But the word of God brings forth all that he is. See, the Lord will always reveal his word. He will always reveal himself. He will always back up his word with signs and wonders. He will always give you joy and peace through his word. His doctrines, his teachings, his way of doing things are who he is and what he has promised and what he's accomplished for us to receive. You know, obviously embracing his doctrine and his teaching and his word is what he also declares as worship. Because in this scripture, it said, but in vain they do worship me teaching for doctrines, the commandments of men. So outside of vanity would be teaching the word of God, embracing the word of God, his way of doing things. And he's saying that this would be worship. In vain they worship. Well, here, if we embrace his word, if we embrace his teachings and if we embrace who he is, then we are in worship. Worship is embracing him. Worship is embracing his word. Worship would be showing our adoration and love to him and obviously his teachings, which is his word. And that brings forth 
the worship of God in our lives every minute of every day as we stand in his word, as we embrace his word and we put his word above everything because we've put him above everything. He is Lord. You know, his word is obviously a key to embracing him because in John 15, seven, it says this, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. See, as we abide in him, we are abiding in his word. And when we abide in his word, he's saying, you're abiding in me. So as we receive Jesus, we're to receive his word. You know, the word abide is the word minnow. It means to remain and to stay there without moving away from it. So we are to remain and stay in his word and in him accepting him without moving away from it. No matter what we see or what we feel, this is what he said. This is who he is. And this is what he's taught. The word abide means to accept or act in accordance with, to allow his word to be the rule and the decision-making factors and the recommendations of our life, to embrace everything and act in accordance to his word. And The word abide means in reference to a place. So as we abide, we're making reference to him. We're making reference to his word. And it also means to sojourn and travel through life with his word and reside in it. So we are traveling and moving and breathing and having our being in him and in his word. And the word abide, minnow, means to not depart from it, to not leave it. No matter what everything seems to look like around you, don't leave his promise. Don't leave his word. His word will manifest the sign and wonder, will manifest his presence. You know, the word abide also means to continue and to be present in. And as we continue in his word and be present in his word, you know, we are experiencing who he is and what he has said. And you will see his word made flesh because his word already was made flesh in him. And he's already accomplished it for us to have everything his word promises. You know, it says to be held and kept continually in this definition. So not only do we embrace his word and not depart from it. His word is holding us and we are holding his word and his word is being kept continually because he has sealed that covenant. His word is a covenant in our lives and he sealed that covenant by his blood, by the death on the cross and the resurrection, giving us the power of the resurrection life to rise above and embrace and ask anything and it would be done as we embrace and abide in him and his word. This word here for abide in the in the Greek definition, it also means in reference to time. So all of time is embraced. The word of God tells us that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And his word has not changed. His word will never change. Nothing can change the word of God. It doesn't matter if people around you don't even believe the word, you and your faith stand. And in time, his word has always remained. Unbelief has not changed anything. He has always performed his word in every moment, in every time. From Genesis to Revelation, his word lasts forever. His word has been preached. His word has been lived. His word is life. And his word continues. 
In this word abide, it means to continue to be and to not perish and to last and to endure. It means to survive and live. His word has lived. And Jesus, the manifested word of God, rose from the dead and is alive. And he is alive in our lives. And this word abide brings in it a state or condition of life. And through his resurrection, the word made flesh in Jesus Christ, fulfilling every promise, every prophecy has brought a state or condition. That state of condition in minnow, that Greek word, meaning it is a place of his word. We are in the state of his promise. We live in the state of his truth. His word is absolute. Nothing changes. There's no changing or turning in him. He is not a man that he should lie. His word always remains. His word is never different. And as we wait upon the Lord, await in him, worship him in faith, standing and believing what he has said, his word always, always manifests exactly what he's promised. And it is already completed. As you embrace the word of God, you need to see it completed. Jesus said, it is finished. He finished every promise. Just because it doesn't look like it's there, doesn't mean it's not there. Because it is there. Because he said it's finished. His word was completed in him. And as you see the completion in him, and as you see and you dwell in that specified place of it is finished, and you continue in his word, and you endure and you remain in existence in what he's promised, and you know it is already done, it has already been completed, it has already happened, Jesus said in the book of Revelation, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He is the beginning of all, and he is the end of every situation that's contrary to what he promised. He is the finished work of God in your life. His word is finished. And as you embrace that and abide in him, because he is the life of his word, he and his word are one, you will experience expectancy, a place, a present place, a stay. You know, as this word abide talks about to stay, well, the word stay means to be present in and to be expectant in and to remain and make it your own. It is yours. It belongs to you. Receive what he's promised. Make it all yours by faith because it's finished. It's already done. And as you experience that, you will see the manifestation. You will see everything catch up to the truth of what he said. Everything will catch up to it. Everything will change. Nothing will remain the same. And as you make his word your own and you embrace that finished work of God and you embrace the word of God in every way, knowing it is your place and your stand and your abiding, you can see in John 15, one through eight, a beautiful blessing. He says, I'm the true vine and my father is the husbandman. And he says, every branch in me that bears not fruit is taken away, but every branch that bears fruit is purged that it may bring more fruit forth. See, he is saying that we are plugged into his word. We are plugged into him and fruit will come forth. And he says, now you are clean through the word, which I've spoken to you. The word of God cleanses. It cleanses everything in your life. He cleanses you. The blood of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus, the power of God and his word. Embrace him. 
embrace his word. He says in verse four, abide in me and I in you as the branch can't bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. We're to abide in him and abide in his word and we will bear fruit. You'll bear the fruit of everything he's finished. You'll bear the fruit of everything he's promised. You will bear the fruit of all that he's accomplished. You will bear the fruit of all that he's given. And you will bear the fruit of every purpose, every blessing, everything. Because you're attached in the vine. You are attached to the vine. And the vine's life is in you. He says in verse 5, I am the vine and you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, he will bring forth much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. See, as we plug into his word, as we abide in his word, as we embrace him by faith in his word, he, and we abide in who he is, the person of Jesus, the person of the Father, the person of the Holy Spirit, and we embrace him at his word, it says you will bring forth much fruit much fruit. Because in verse six, it says, if a man abide not in me, he's cast forth as the branch and he's withered. And a man gathers them, cast them into the fire and they're burned. But in him is life. In him is all that he has promised. In him, he will lift you up and you are not cast away. You are brought in and everything that's been withered comes back to life, brings forth all that life is. When you're not connected to him, it's saying you're withered. You are broken off. If there's a tree and you see the branch is broken off, you will see that branch, even if it's just slightly connected, but it's just hanging on. It will break off eventually. And he's saying, you know, that's not you. Hold on, abide in his word, abide in me. You know, that branch breaking off, you know, withers away, but you aren't going to wither. Nothing could wither in your life as you abide in him. Because he says in verse seven, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done unto you. What a promise. What a promise. And why? In verse eight, he says, herein is my father glorified that you bear much fruit so that ye shall be my disciples. See, bearing fruit is a part of being his disciple. Bearing fruit is a part of him being in your life. He wants to bless you. He wants you to experience the fullness of his word. He wants that fruit that he has promised to come forth in your life. He wants you to plug in to him, to plug into his word. You know, the word here glorified in Greek means this, to think and suppose and be of the same opinion. So when you are connected to him, he's glorified as you think and suppose and be in the same opinion of his word. And it means to honor and to do honor and to hold in honor. He is there bringing honor to you and honor to his word. And we're bringing honor to him as we abide in him and ask of him and he brings forth the manifestation of all his promises and what we ask. It says, you know, the word, the father is glorified here that he is made glorious and he's adorned and clothed with splendor. Part of the splendor and the glory is the promise that you see, that you know he's accomplished, that you embrace, that you abide in coming forth in your life. That's his splendor. And when you ask anything, 
and you abide in him, the Father is glorified and he's rendering it to you and he calls it excellent. He is being made to be known because you have asked of him so that he can bring it to others and he can bless them as well. To glorify the Father means to celebrate and magnify him. We can celebrate him at his word. We can magnify him at his word. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Magnify his word. His word is to be magnified. His promises are to be magnified. It's what he's accomplished. And his word and his teachings are important to him. He and his word are one. You know, as we abide in his word, we are glorifying him. As we remain stable, we are rendering to him all that's worthy because he and his word are one. He calls us friends because we embrace his word without evidence. His word brings evidence, evidence to the unseen. He is there bringing forth everything at his word. That's how faith works. Faith is the evidence of things unseen. As we hear and hear the word of God, we are embracing faith. We are embracing him and we are abiding in him. It goes on in verse 9 and it declares the word of God is abiding in his love. He says it this way. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue in my love. This comes right after verse 8 where he says, ask anything. This comes right after verse 7 and 6 and 5 where he's promising that you abide in him and he is abiding in you. And here we find that the word of God is telling us that his word is love. You know, as the word of God tells us that God is love. And if he and his word are one, then his word is love. Every promise in his word is love. And we can find love in everything he has said. Everything that he has blessed us with, love manifests. Love manifests his promises to us. So let's again look at John 15 and let's look at verses 9 and 10. It says, as the father has loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love, even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. Well, keeping his commandments means that you have faith in his word. It's not a list of do's and don'ts. It is an embracing of his blessing. It's an embracing of his promises because his love has brought it to you. For God so loved the world he gave. He gave everything to us. He gave everything in the Son. He gave everything in Jesus. And as we accept Jesus and we embrace his teachings and we embrace his word, we are abiding in his love. And as we have faith to embrace and receive what he's promised, we're abiding in his love. His word and his love and Jesus bringing him forth in our lives is the blessing of God. It is the glorious glory of God in our lives. And he is glorified as we believe him for what he's accomplished. And again, in verse 11, these things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. See, joy rises as we embrace him at his word. As we abide in his word, we are abiding in his love and joy rises in our hearts, in our lives, because his joy is remaining in us as we keep his word, as we abide in his word. Well, the word keep is the word terio. It means to attend carefully to, to guard, to keep ourselves in the state of which we are observing. We can keep his word. We can keep faith and believing 
in what he's accomplished. This word also means to watch and to preserve and to hold fast. We can attend to his word, attend to all that he has said, attend to his teachings, experience the signs and the wonders and the manifestations of his promise as we hold fast, as we attend to his word, and as his joy remains in us and our joy is full, we experience all that he is, all that he's promised, and what he has accomplished for us. Receive it. Abide in his word. You know, not only is his word full of love, and not only is his word full of life, and not only is his word full of breath, but his word is full of who he is. His word is full of joy. His word is full of an overflow of everything he's promised. Abide in his word. They are the teachings of Jesus. His word is his truth. And then you find faith in his word. And then you find hope in his word. And you find love in his word, faith and hope and love. And you find peace and you find promise. And you experience the blessing and the manifestation of all that he's promised and all that he has accomplished and all that he's given. It belongs to you. Receive what he's promised. Abide in his word. His word is the foundation of everything. You may not understand everything in your own natural way of thinking, but the word of God tells us, don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Let him direct you. If you don't understand something in his word, he promises understanding will come. Ask him. The word of God tells us in James 1, ask him for wisdom. Ask him for direction. He will always reveal himself. He will always reveal his word. And don't be concerned about the time of when that answer comes. He will absolutely embrace his promise in your life. Just simply as a child, embrace the fullness of his word. Embrace the fullness of what he said. Embrace the fullness of what he's taught. Embrace the fullness of his love filled in his teaching. Embrace the fullness of his blessing in every word he has spoken. He's speaking to you, the breath of his word, the breath of his life. The Holy Spirit is ministering and teaching you and revealing the blessing of his word. Abide in him, abide in his word, and the promise is always yours. Father, right now, I thank you for your word, and I pray that every person who has heard this podcast can embrace the fullness of your word the fullness of your love in your word, the fullness of your life in your word, the fullness of your breath in your word, the fullness of who you are and the fullness of your joy. And they can experience your peace and your promise and the truth of your word and that their faith will rise and embrace the promises of your word and that they will abide in you and abide in your word. And they can ask anything and you will bring that forth to them because you are glorified in bringing the blessing in their lives. And we give you praise that you have sealed your word in your covenant by the blood of Jesus and that the resurrection of power abides in us and lifts us up to embrace all that you've given, all that you've promised, and all that you are. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Pastor Kim is not only a screenwriter, director, and producer, she writes children's books and other publications. If you're interested in more of her Kix Media from Kix Ministries, check out our family faith-based feature films, Pastor Kim's blogs, and our many children's books and publications at kixtv.com.